TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now, please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson-Casey. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson-Casey, the show where we are giving you the how-to to get the best out of you. And today, we are talking to one of the terrific trio of The Wellness Guys, Lawrence Tam, who is also the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and perhaps one of the most influential hosts of a podcast for me personally, which is Inside the Champion's Mind. As many of the listeners know, I run a rural clinic and as a clinical psychologist, that involves lots of driving around on rural roads and much of that time I use to listen to audiobooks or listen to podcasts and often it's Lawrence Tam who's pumping out my speakers <laughs> from inside the champion's mind and I find myself tooting the horn of the car in agreement and have felt totally inspired to view things differently and to act on opportunity differently. So, welcome Dr. Lawrence Tam. Wow, that's uh, that's a great intro. Thank you so much and uh, I'm, well, it's, it's amazing. I hope that you don't scare the cows or anything. So, when you're talking <laughs> to Lawrence Tam. Uh, no, usually I try to do a quick check around and then go, well, yeah, you know, that's <laughs> – but um, a couple of my Instagrams, actually, people have seen me driving through herds of cattle and things trying to get through or emus and kangaroos and actually recently I saw her an echidna waddling along the, the road, which was quite cute. Um, wow. but, but let's stay focused, shall we? So now I'm going to assume – that our listeners know a bit about you and that they know that you're a powerhouse of wellness information. And I want to really jump to who you are in addition to being one of the wellness guys. I want to talk to you a little bit about the evolution of Lawrence Tam and how you went from being the guy that was interviewing Jeff Spence for the fabulous Inside the Champion's Mind earlier. I think it was the first 12 episodes, I think, was with Jeff Spence. That's right, yeah. Just uh, Jeff Spencer, yeah. He was, uh, he was a mentor of mine and, and the idea was to really just kind of grow a show with him and uh, get his insights. And then, uh, yeah, we, went, we kind of went to a second version of Inside the Champion's Mind. Yeah, so what, what was your thinking there? Because, you know, you'd been a, a co-host, then you were the interviewer, and then now you, you fitted beautifully into being the mentor yourself. Tell us about what kind of thinking or, or what, how did you shift from being that guy to this mentor guy? Yeah, well, okay. So, I mean, I guess with the wellness guys, we've been doing that for quite some time. I think at the point, at the time, we're probably maybe one or two years into it. I, I don't really remember anymore. And you know, if anybody listens to the wellness guys, we, you know, there's three of us, Damien and Brett, myself. And so uh, we kind of split up our roles. We kind of went with our strengths. So what we are really strong at in terms of what we spend most of our times and what we value the most. And Damien was, you know, obviously the nutrition guru. He's the guy who just knows everything about food and he's, he's just so smart. And <laughs> I, I'm just, uh, I'm just honored to be able to kind of hang out with, uh, with him and, 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 you know, call him one of my best friends. And he's just, he's just one of those guys who just knows a lot. Uh, so there's definitely, I'm not taking that role. Right. So, <laughs> and then there's Brett, you know, he's the guy who just, you know, run, you know, ran a, you know, a, you know, crazy ultra marathon and, you know, and he, he's just uh, committed to his physical being and, and uh, he, you know, he loves running and, and, and physical fitness and prowess. And, and, and so he goes, oh, he's going to take the, the exercise role. So, well, well, what's left? Well, I've always been interested in, in the psychology 
psychology of things, you know, the, the how, how is, how do, why do we do what we do? Um, how do we think um, as a human being? And um, why do some people are disciplined and why people are not disciplined? And how come I can't get myself to do certain things? Or why am I lazy or procrastinate? Or how come successful, you know, athletes do what they do? And then how can people become successful and some people are not successful? So I just got really interested in that since I, I was, uh, I guess, you know, was a teenager and, um, and also went, went through university and also corporate college. And, and so that whole time was that filled. And when I interviewed Jeff Spencer, um, who is a chiropractor, but he's actually more than that. He's just, he's, he's, uh, was a, I guess, uh, a mental coach for athletes. And he's really coached over 40 plus world champion level Olympic athletes. Like, you know, wow. uh, so it's just amazing what he's able to do. And when we interviewed him on the wellness guys, you should go listen to the interview. That was a long time ago, but it was great. And I just said, you know what? I need someone like that. You know, I, uh, how do I, you know, they always, everybody's looking for a mentor and they go, how do you get access to a mentor? And I said, some, I remember listening to someone. So he goes, well, all you have to do is just contact them. And so I just emailed him, right? Because we already interviewed him. So I had a connection. Yeah. I said, hey, you know, Jeff, you know, thank you so much you know, for the interview. You were awesome. And, uh, you know, love to connect sometime. And, and it was just that. And then he said, you know, let's, let's get on a phone call and, you know, chat. And he goes, you know, I had, I had a couple of questions. I can't remember what I said. And then, um, and, but I had to make sure how can I give value to him? I mean, this guy, you know, when people are looking for mentors, it's really important to, to not just try to call someone or email them to try to extract information from them. Cause I'm sure they get, you know, everybody who is in any position or authority, um, the, the, the problem is, is time. And, you know, people are always trying to extract information from them. And so I knew that and I knew he's a busy man. There's no way I'm going to just, you know, go in there with nothing. So I, you know, researched him, you know, looked him up and, and then see how I can offer some of my, you know, my genius, I guess, quote unquote, and how I can help him and serve him in return. And so okay, yeah. I just kind of, I don't know, something, something about his website. And I just sort of thought, you know what, I, I think I can give him a go. I, I said to him, I go, you know, I was into information marketing and, and I was into, you know, creating a product for him. And I go, Hey, Jeff, you know, what, what are some of the, you know, I, I looked at your product suite. I looked at your website. I think you can do so much better by just doing this and this. And I just kind of made some suggestion and he said, let's talk. And then that's how we got started. Wow. And so yeah. I, you know, he took me on as, as a, a mentee, I guess he was my mentor and I took one of his programs. So I actually, you know, literally purchased one of his program, became a student and uh, we just had connections and, um, and that's how we started. And then I pitched the idea of like, why don't you come on a show? Uh, we'll call it, you know, he, his thing is champions blueprint. And I said, why don't we do a show? And I was coming up with the name and I thought inside champions mind, let's do that. And since you deal with champions, let's do that. And so I, I just, I, I didn't want to commit to a full podcast. I wanted to just go, let, let's do a limited edition podcast and just see where it goes. Um, after a while, I just, I know the guy was busy and, um, I just said, you know, let's, once we did our 12, I just thought, you know, that was sort of, I think, you know, it was really good, but I really, I, I was debating with to myself whether I should carry it on or not. Yeah. <laughs> I said, is anybody, is anybody listening? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I was it's listening. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those people like you in podcast world, you don't know, right? You don't know yeah. if people are listening. I guess you can look yeah. at your stats, but I didn't, I don't look at stats. I just kind of look at it and go, you know, was this interesting enough? But I didn't want to do this on my own. I didn't really want to be, um, I didn't want to talk to a microphone <laughs> and, yeah. and then just record and put it out there. So uh, I had the idea, I go, well, why don't we just, you know, I asked Marcus and, uh, you know, who I kind of knew at the time, who was kind of getting involved in the wellness couch and said, do you want to become my co-host and let's chat. And then we just hit it off. You know, he was really into personal development just as I was. And that's sort of, that's the long answer to that 
question. <laughs> I'll answer that question. <laughs> That's a great answer. But yeah, the Jeffs, I think actually when there were, you guys did a review of on the wellness guys of different things and they were talking about inside the champion's mind and they and they talked about the quality of the sound with Jeff Spence and mm. but it, it's it, it's interesting. Like I do remember it was a little bit hard to listen to, but I think it's such engaging material that you sort of you completely ignore the fact that it does sound like that you're on a you know using one of those can and string phones or something from yeah it was just tough like because i think it was the internet or he had oh i couldn't he didn't couldn't get skype working so we just had to use i had to call him on his phone so like it was you know it was low volume and we tried to edit as much as we could but back in the day it was just you know it is what it is so and the content's gold. Like I said, it's, you know, you can, you, you get past the sound quality and it's just really great stuff that you and he did back then. And, and now, you know, like there's, I think there's a couple of episodes that really stand out that I'd like for you to share a bit, if you could, with the listeners of The Abnormal Psychologist. And one of those was about peer group and the rule of 33. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on that and, and the power of peer group? Sure. Um, I think, you know, the, the peer groups are, are very important. And I recognize that, you know, I, I, you got to remember, like, the, you know, we all draw from our own experiences. And uh, I believe that what we strive for in our, as, a, as an adult is what we, we kind of felt missing when we were a kid, you know, or a teenager. Um, you know, I'll just give you a little bit of background. Like I was, a, you know, in high school, I didn't have a lot of friends. I, I was a, a very, like, I was a very nerdy kid. Um, you know, I could play sports, but not really good enough to become anything, you know, that it was any good at anything. Um, but I was, you know, was relatively smart in a sense, I guess, but not the smartest kid in the world. I was like, you know, above average in those type of circumstances, but I was very shy. And, uh, you know, I was very awkward. My parents really never knew how to dress me properly, you know, that type of thing, right? <laughs> so you get, you get all those other issues that's going on. So, but I think that, you know, as I grew up, I recognized that, you know, that in order for you to succeed, in order to, I look at successful people and I go, well, what are they doing and how can I emulate them? And I recognize that a lot of successful people, most successful people are always surrounded by people that are smarter than them. And I think that if that's a, you know, I go, well, if that's the case, then I need to kind of hang around with smart people. I can't be the smartest person in my group. Not that I was, but I just needed to make sure that I hung around with people. Um, and I didn't need to, uh, my personality doesn't lend itself to, um, to, to someone who, who needs a lot of friends. You know, there's certain people who are like golden retriever who just loves having a lot of different connections. Yeah. I'm not one of those. I'm, I'm one of those people who just need a few connections and I'm, I'll be content. Yes. But the few connections that I make needs to be like meaningful connections. Yeah, yeah, very, very meaningful connections. Like I don't need a lot of, uh, I don't need a lot of friends. I just need a few best friends. And so I, I've, you know, I tend to look at as the, who I connected with. I recognize, you know, as I evolve through, you know, through life, I just recognize that who I really connected with over my lifetime is is people who who strive for a bigger vision and who 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 are who actually are connectors themselves, which is kind of weird. So I almost like I didn't need to be connected; I just need to hang out with connectors. It was yeah. kind of funny. And so, uh, you know, like Damien, so he's a massive connector. And so, so if I needed anything, I'll just kind of call him to contact whoever needs to contact to get me <laughs> to wherever, right? Um, so I think that, for, so going back to the theory of um, having peer groups, your peer group influences you. So many, many people, you know, from... Uh, you know, Zig Ziglar's to, you know, uh, to, to uh, John Wooden, who's like one of my mentors, you know, as a basketball coach, he's, you know, he's one of the most famous basketball coaches in NCAA in, in, in the United States. You know, all those guys have said that you are ba- basically the average of your five closest friends. And, um, and if you sort of take an average and, and I did this exercise just recently on the weekend, actually with, uh, with a bunch of chiropractors cause I coach chiropractors. And one of the things that they, you know, I got them to do is I go list your five closest friends, like on a piece of paper, 
and you know write them down and then I broke them into categories and I go okay well um, given uh, there's going to be relationships their financial you know financially how you know how well they're doing their success you know their achievement the achievement is more like how they're, they're ambitious like are they ambitious or they're not right it's not you know what? it's not about critiquing them as a person it's just more about what you perceive them to be you yeah. know um, and then there's you know I think I mentioned relationships there's, there's spirituality um, you know there's you know all the aspects of wellness so that mo- makes someone whole and I said well for each one of those persons for under those categories out of 10 how do you perceive them like how do you rank them out of 10 you know and be honest with it right you don't have to tell them of course it's just for you and then you just write across the board and overwhelmingly the majority we had like 40 people in the room overwhelming majority two things usually happens one is that you start to recognize that you some people have a variety of mixtures so not not anybody one person has like a nine across the board but they'll have like nine on certain things but then there'll be like a three on certain things right they might be very financially successful but they might be like a three on their relationships right right um or they like be zero in spirituality right or they might be really really spiritual uh, and and really you know spiritual just meaning like you're you're in touch with you know yourself and everything else doesn't necessarily believe in you know religion or anything but uh, but they're, they might be terrible in their relationship or they be terrible in their financials or career or ambitious, right? Whatever. It doesn't matter. But what they're also noticed is that I need the, one thing is that they're, they're because they have different friends, but they have different strengths. So I think that's really important. We all yes. have our strengths. I'm, I know my strengths to a point, and I think we need to recognize our own strengths because we, when we recognize our own strengths, we need to leverage the strength, not master our weaknesses, Right? That's really important because most of us, what we do in class and school when we've been trained is that, you know, oh, you're, you're terrible in English. Let's, uh, let's, let's make you better at it, right? Rather than saying, mm-hmm. hey, you're really fantastic at math, right? Let's, you know, help you develop that and hone in that skill. But manage the – I'm not saying ignore English, but just, you know, obviously, you know, help that along to, you know, to keep up with standard. But let's look at what you really, really excel at and let's leverage that as best as possible so that you can develop and become a genius in that. Yes. And I think it's really important to kind of look at that. So looking at the average of friends, you go, you know, and the second thing happens is that they start to realize that goes, man, I need to find better friends, you know, mm. because if you, you start to recognize the people you hang around with and a couple of people say, goes, man, I really need to stop hanging around some of these people because you start realizing that they are actually the ones that are stopping you from, from getting to where you want to go. Cause we're all ambitious people if we really think about it. But the problem is that sometimes our peer group will will kind of pull us down. And here's the reason why, right? Because your peer group, right, friends and family, right, see you in a certain way. And they've been doing that for many years, right? Most of our friends and families have been with us for many years. And so what they do is they, they've already found ways to know how to control you, right? Yeah. They, you know, they know how to control you. And I heard this once. I don't know who, who, who can attribute this to, but I just remember this. It was so clear. And I said, this is so fascinating because if they control you, right, they can control how you think and how you do and they can manipulate you, right? Really manipulate you because they know what buttons to push. But if you change and transform, you went to, you know, you've done something, you listen to this and you listen to your podcast and you go, oh, you know what? That's it. That's what I need to do. And they change. Guess what happens to those friends and family? They'll turn on you because- They'll resist. They'll resist. And here's the reason why. They don't resist because they don't love you. It's not that. But they resist is because the two things happen. One is because you're moving forward and they're being left behind. Or that's the feeling that they get. Okay? So they don't no one wants to be left behind. That's one yeah. thing. The second thing happens is that because you transformed, you changed, they can't use the same tricks anymore to manipulate you. They have to find new ways to manipulate you. And so they will hold you back. They'll hold you down to ensure that you stay still so that I still can know how to manipulate you. And if you think, if you be honest with yourself, your partner, 
like your, you know, your husband or your wife typically knows what buttons to push. When they really want to piss you off, they can push, <laughs> they can find the little thing to piss you off, right? We all know that. I know what buttons to push. I know what buttons never to touch, right? (laughs) It's a bit like systems theory. Like in psychology, we talk about family systems or group systems theory, where it's almost like a thermostat gets set. And even though some people aren't intentionally wanting to control or manipulate, that they become very uncomfortable when part of the system might change. Like in an air conditioning system, if it gets too hot or too cold, it's like the system tries to ride itself back to a set point, even though people kind of know that that set point's not best for everyone in the group or the system or the family. So it sounds very very much like that theory. Oh, yeah, perfect. That's a great example. And I think that that's what this whole thing about friends is about. If you're not happy with where you are and you look at your friendships and they're not actually supporting you, then you need to change that set point, right? It's exactly. about changing that set point and then finding five substitutes or, you know, maybe a few substitutes to take care of, you know, then remove some of those people off your list and build them new ones. Now, do they, does that mean that you don't become their friends? No, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just suggesting that you might not want to hang out with them or disconnect them in different ways. Do you know what I mean? It means that you might want to hang out with them on, you know, social sides of things, but not necessarily in a business context or whatever you're trying to achieve. Or that the influence that they have may be not as powerful as it has been previously. That they're still Exactly. In, yeah. Exactly. And I think your true friends will stick around because based on who you are, but it's human nature. We just do it unconsciously. I'm sure I do it to, to people as well. Um, and it's not, it's not a conscious thing so that you just got to have the conscious effort to be able to go to remove certain ties so that you can move forward and have the guts to do it. And I think that's really, really hard. Yeah, very hard. And it's interesting because that kind of leads into my next question. So so something I think, as you just said, we need to look at our peer group and review, you know, if there's goals we have for ourselves, who are taking us closer to that goals. But I think something also, or an episode of Inside the Champion's Mind that I found very powerful was releasing the victim. And although that can sound, people are like, oh, I'm not the victim or I'm not playing the victim. But, but what that episode spoke to was understanding or that self-knowledge of the rules or identities that hold us back. And it's similar to what you were saying before that you had this, you you talked about how you personally had a perception of yourself as being this nerdy kid, much like you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until you released that identity that you started to formulate, you know, this, you know, the brilliance and genius you have now in terms of speaking and mentoring. So could you just talk to the listeners a little bit about that idea of releasing the victim and understanding rules or, or identities that hold you back? Yeah, I think that we we all have stories, and um, and I recognize that, and I'm not, I'm not story free, right? We all have create stories in our heads of of who we are and what our past mean to us, and and where we should go and what we deserve. And so, if we're on, truly honest with ourselves, those stories can be either disempowering or they could be empowering. And I think it's important for us to continue to create our own stories. Recognize, first of all, I think number one is always being about awareness and awareness of being that you have a story. Whether you consciously or unconsciously put that story there, it's there. And you got to evaluate. The second thing is evaluate that story and saying, is this disempowering me or is it actually empowering me? And third, if if it's disempowering me, empowering you, then you should create a new story or rewrite that story and change the meaning behind it because that's what's going to drive you forward, right? And think of it as this is your life, right? This is your life to live. Uh-huh. No one else is to live. And you think, I, I think of my life, it's almost like 
um, this is a movie that I'm actually in, and I just happen to be the star because I chose to be the star rather than be the extra in my own movie, right? Nice. I chose to be the yeah. director and the writer and the creator and the star in itself, right? So, awesome. Yeah, uh, exactly. And and most of us, you know, rather rather than doing that because it's hard because most people said, you know, don't you know, don't 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 be the uh, don't be the person to to shine and all the stuff. What, what they do is like they they rather be the extra in the in the movie. They just want to be just have a, you know, maybe a little bit on the credits, and that's about it. And that someone else direct their life. And I say to you that I think if you do that, if you let someone else guide and direct your life and you to run your life and you never shine and you don't show us as the human race your true genius in life, then you know what? Two people lose out. You lose out and we all lose out mm -hmm. because we never see your true genius. And when we don't see your true genius, guess what? We as human beings don't develop because we never saw who you are like if you know if martin luther king never stood up to be his true genius then we wouldn't have never known who martin luther king is he would have just been some guy who tried to do something right yeah. um you know um you know if there was if there was no Jimi hendrix you know if he didn't decide to go play guitar and show the world that this is how he played then we would not have experienced his short life even though it was very short but he would never had shown his musical genius right and you know you can talk about whole so many people in that in realm so so going back to the victimhood is that we label ourselves right because when we're young and we still do this to this day whatever happens to us we think everything happens to us right and what we do is we create a story because we have to put meaning behind it this mm. is how human brain works i'm sure you you probably are way better at this than i am but we <laughs> we we take these stories whatever happens to us we we but we have to put meaning behind it right so therefore we create a story and that story will mean whatever that means to us, and then we will hang on to it because that's how we justify it to our heads or to our brains to make it fit because we all have to have meaning. You know, if a car hit us, it's like you have to put a meaning to it. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, I just get hit all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, that's not necessarily true because you drive like, you know, <laughs> you know, every single day just you got hit today, you know. Um, and so it's about whatever story you put behind your experience. It could be in the past or, you know, if, uh, you know, someone passed away, someone really close to you. And it's like, you know, why do all good things happen to bad people or, you know, or bad things all happen to good people? That, that's just a story we tell ourselves and we just make these stories up. But the thing is that if we hold on to stories that are, you know, that are victimhood stories, then we don't progress and then we don't actually do the things that's necessary for us to kind of get out of ourselves and actually create a better version of you. And so I think that's, um, you know, holding back, like, for example, the story I told you about the teenager, you know, I was a little nerd. If I held on to that story, right, if I said that I was a continuous, I was a nerd, I don't deserve anybody other than, you know, who's, you know, I, I don't deserve anybody who is beautiful. I don't deserve to, to be happy. I just got to choose second rate, you know, whatever, then it, then I would have, you know, I wouldn't have married my beautiful wife. I wouldn't have had my beautiful kids. I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in now, speaking in front of hundreds of thousands of people, right? Yeah. Because I was shy. I was a shy kid. I, you know, you know, I was right. So I, that victimhood mentality would have held me back to where I am. And then guess what? Like I said at the beginning, I would have lost out my life. Who knows what path it would have been? But more importantly. The people who listen to the wellness guys or, you know, inside champions mind or, you know, the coaches that I help with or the, the, the patients or the clients I ever dealt with as a chiropractor would have never have been able to experience who I was truly who, who I am. And, and do I think that I'm a hundred percent? No, God, no. There's so many stories in my head that I need to work out, but it's, you know, 
it, but it's about how can you write a better story to kind of create a better version of yourself. And going back to the rule of 33, just so I can complete this whole full circle, because I know some of you listening goes, what about, that, what about that 33 thing? I heard this from a, from a guy named Ty Lopez, and I thought it was brilliant. And he talked about the, you know, hanging out with, with you know, how you should hang out with different peers. And this helps out with victimhood, because you want to hang out with three different types of people. And the 33% of people you want to hang out with is, the first 33% is the people you actually mentor. You know, there's people that you, people look up to you. You might not think that, but I'm sure there's certain people that look up to you. You want to kind of be in that position to be able to help someone because that's, that it gives you ability to teach. You think it over your head and rewrite your story. Just you asking me this how, is, you know, already created like things in my head on how to cr- say things better and so on and so forth, right? So that's like, you know, helping people, other people. The other second 33% is about people you hang out with, you know, the people that are similar to your situation because they can understand you and they understand, you know, your situation and they can actually help you guide you to the next level. And then the third 33 percent is basically the people that should be ahead of you who's done what you are striving for and maybe maybe even 10 years ahead of you so that they can help you guide you lift you so they can avoid as many mistakes as possible even though you'll never avoid them all the whole point of life is to create mistakes and 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 learn through them but it's about trying to avoid many of the the potholes that they have to go through so that you didn't have to go through so you can actually have bigger mistakes to, to handle Mm, that's great. And and again, back to some of the psychological principles there, certainly in cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, we talk about reframing. So reframing the way a person has a dialogue with themselves about themselves or about situations and, and other styles of therapy, for example, narrative therapy, even use language like reauthoring the story. So certainly lots of the principles that you're talking about can be found in therapy rooms around the nation. Well, um, I think it's, or if you don't mind me asking, just, t- just carry on with that, because I think what's been important is that most people, and I've seen this, and I learned this from Dr. Demartini, and um, he, you know, he talks about you know, seeing the balance of things. And so what he says is that you know, for every negative thing that you actually see, and like, just say you take any event, any event in your life that was tragic, you know, that was terrible. What if you actually looked at that event and looked at the other side of things? What actually, what positive things that actually happened because of that event occurring? You know, what, you know, and first instinct for most people, if it's a tragic event, they'll say nothing. There's no, nothing I can, you know, nothing good came out of that. But if you look carefully, if you really search for it and you dig deep, and obviously it goes through a process, you will always find something that happened because of that incident. You know, you changed, something changed, and because without that accident, even though, no matter how I know, and, and oftentimes it's terrible, terrible, terrible situation, never wishing upon anybody. But because that incident happened, something good came out of it because of that that trigger. You know, look at how many you know charities or organizations or you know foundations have been started because of a personal tragedy. Yeah. You know, because you know maybe a, a drunk driver unfortunately took away someone's child, and. Because of that, you know, you're like, this is so sad. But, you know, instead of being stuck in 20 years of misery and depression, they decided to do something about it and say, this is enough. Let's get let's get mad, you know, and then that's how, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why mad got started, right? Mad, uh, mothers against drunk driving in the States, you know, mm-hmm. it's because, things like that, they drive people to change things and change the world for the better. But it, without those hardships, though, without those struggles, oftentimes these things would never have occurred. And so, yes, we see it as tragedy. If you look at it as an instant and that, that only sole thing, but because of those little things, they can, you can create something magical out of it if you choose to. That's the, that's the difference. Some people choose to live in that misery and stay in that victimhood, and some people choose to do something 
good out of it. And the choice is up to you, not up to anybody else's responsibility. And I think that's something you spoke about, if you don't mind me mentioning it, is the very moving Wellness Summit speech that you gave around your own experiences with your father-in-law. And I won't go into it now, but but obviously that was something that was very, very difficult for you and your family. But you talked at the end of that about how that then solidified or even contributed to your motivation to not only, you know, your own health and well-being, but also to go on to talk to other people about the importance of, you know, quality time and you're looking after your health and and how things can change very suddenly mm. yeah i mean you know just to kind of quicken the short my, my father-in-law you know on christmas day this is going back probably seven years ago um was in in the water and dove and broke his neck and he became a quadriplegic and so i'm a chiropractor so of you know like of all people like you mm. know who don't understand nerve system and how that, that functions you know he became a quadriplegic and you know it was tragic it was tragic for a family and it's to this day still affects me a little bit in terms of when i go on the water because i see it it's like oh it's like it's there and so i'm still i you know not that it's a struggle but it's a thing that will you know always be in my mind but you can turn that into a tragic story or you can change it into something that empowers you. And that's what I'm saying. You can do that in everything, I believe. This is just my, my personal experience with it, and that's my story. I'm living to it, that I believe that you can turn things around at, all, at, at any given moment if you choose to, but it's the choice of, of wanting to. And does it take time and process? Of course it does. I'm not saying that all of a sudden, like that happened, like, boom, I was the next day I was ready to change that story. Of course not. You know, it took me many months and years to kind mm. of figure it out. Uh, and still, you know, processing and, and still seeing the, you know, the true value for it, but I'm open to it. And that's, that's the key thing is being open to both sides that not all good things happen, you know, without any bad side effects and not all bad things um, happen without any good side effects as well. So again, it's not, we don't always, well, we don't choose for bad things to happen to us, but we get to choose how we respond. That's right. So just getting close to the end of the recording here, but I'm just wondering if you could share a little bit more about yourself. So what have you learned about people through your mentoring and mastermind groups and mindset speaking? Well, uh, listen, um, you know, one of the things that I, I, there's so many things I, I guess I can learn. Um, one th the first thing that popped in my mind is that we're inherently lazy. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. uh, that's just the first thing yes. I can, that came to mind. I think human beings are lazy and we, I'm lazy as well to, to some point. And um, we just want the fastest thing to solve a particular problem. And so what I've found out is that, you know what, no matter what you do or how you do things, there needs to be hard work involved. And it doesn't mean that you have to work hard all the time, but I think it's about working hard and diligent and being dedicated to something you're actually passionate about. And so, you know, we hear that all the time. I know it seems like it's like seems tried or, you know, whatever, but you do have to be passionate about something. And if, if you see work as being boring and you hate it, well, it's because you have no passion in it. So either do two things. One, find some passion in it. Find some good in what you do. Rebuild your relationship with the job. Yeah, exactly. Write a different story, right? Or go find something that will kind of create that or on the side, create something, you know, we talked about this earlier in the book before we recorded is to find something passionate that you actually love to do, but do it on the side until that passion becomes, you know, can create enough income or possible income to be able for you to switch. Don't just switch like for the sake of switching, just, you know, but it's about just building enough. So I think for me, it's about, you know, seeing people, I want to, I believe, and this is, you know, one of our mantras in Inside Champions Mind is that, we live in a world of mediocrity and I think it's too easy to live in mediocrity and expect that things just come to people. You know, it's like the internet. I just like, you know, if I'm on dial up speed, I'm losing it. Right. And it's like, you know, you just, if I don't have my, you know, if I don't have an answer to my email, it's like, you know, you're just going to lose it on someone. Well, 
you know what, at the end of the day is that we can only control what we can control. You, you know, what we talked about just controlling our belief system is going to be really, really critical because how you change your belief system is going to how you see the world. And I believe that the world is inherently good. You know, there's mm. and the people are good and the world is good. I think we all want the best for each other. Definitely. But we're also selfish beings and selfish yes. beings because we're being lazy and we just expect everything to come to us. And I think if we put that, if we, if the world can just see that you have something, you have a gift, whatever gift that may be, and you are willing to take a chance and to share it with people. And guess what? It might only be one person. One person might be the only person to be able to get that gift and go, wow, like she or he changed my life. But that person could also influence thousands of people. And therefore, your your purpose in life has maybe have only influenced one person, but indirectly, you've actually influenced thousands of people. Yeah. And so therefore, your impact was not just one. Your impact was you know, an impact of thousands, of thousands and thousands of people. And how I look at that is that you may go on your entire life not knowing that you've actually impacted those thousands of people. And you might die at the end of it and not even know. That's what I believe us. I believe sometimes our purpose is, is that our purpose is sometimes you never know your purpose because it's a side effect. It's something that is so behind us that you just leave a trail, a wake behind you. And all I'm saying is that just do the best you can. Give the world the best that you got and you know, leave a legacy behind. And you know what? That wake may touch the shores somewhere down the track to someone who can make this world a little bit better. That's this, awesome. this world a safer place. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you know or not. Just know that you, you follow your passion, you follow your heart, and the wake will touch someone in, in someone's life. And these podcasts, for example, I have no idea who I touch. I have no idea who's listening. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't know that, that you were listening in the middle of the country. I'm listening. And, and then, you know, and I get these emails once in a while and they just blow me away because it's like, oh, my God, there's actually people listening and people are actually, you know, changing their lives because of what I'm saying. I'm like, man, and I do this podcast for free. It's not even a, my business. I don't even do this for, for anything else, but it's my passion. That's why I kept it up because I love that we're able to have a conversation between the two of us and we can just talk about these ideas that goes on in our heads and we just share and, and people are getting value and their life is changing. And guess what? I don't know if that person can change someone else who becomes, you know, the prime minister of Australia or the president of the United States one day and maybe develop peace somewhere in the world. You know, who knows? Who knows? Because yeah. Of the influence, but does it matter? No, I don't think so. I don't need the praise. I don't need the honor. All I just know that is that I just want to be able to live. I want to be able to go through my whole life and say to my kids, like, that's the most important thing for me. So I want to be able to, 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 for my kids to kind of go, dad lived an amazing life. Dad, you know, and they, they use me as a model on how they can live a better life. And that's, that's more important to me to, than anybody else or anything that's out there. That's excellent. So, just to wrap up, one last question. What are the daily rituals or things that you do to keep yourself grounded or focused? <laughs> um, I've I just been getting back into rituals. Um, yeah. I've forgotten about them, actually. I, you know, I used to use them a lot um, you know, when I was in practice and I was, when I was younger, and then I had kids. And so yes. <laughs> very disruptive, kids, those children. They just... <laughs> Once I had lack of sleep, it was all gone. And and, and someone reminded me of rituals um, just recently and because uh, I started becoming teaching. So I think, you know, this is another advice to you guys. If you start teaching these things to people, you start realizing that, you know, the things that, you, you know, you should be doing too, and which is great. So I only want to teach things that I'm actually doing. So morning, uh, rituals, I think rituals are really, really important. I'm still, re I'm building my rituals, but there is a certain key component, some key rituals that, that never fails me. One, I don't, I try not to waste any, silent time 
that I'm not doing anything productive and listening to something that's empowering me. So, you know, we talked about earlier about rewriting stories. Yeah. I hope I'm not hijacking this podcast. No, no, I'm loving it. It's great. um, So we write our our story. So it's like, think about this. Like, you're always going to hear negative news. You're always going to have bad stuff. It's like your, your, um, it's like a garden, right? If anyone who's a gardener, I'm not a gardener, but anybody who's, who, who loves looking after a garden, you got to constantly, you know, put, put water in there, right? Sunshine comes automatically. But at the end of the day, you still got to weed. You got to take out the weeds, right? You got to go weeding. Why? Well, because weeds are always growing no matter what. Well, that's like your negative thoughts. Negative thoughts are always there because it's the world we live in. We live in negativity because uh, because people thrive on it, right? It's like that part of our brain is looking for negativity, which is which is a good part because that's the part that looks out for danger, right? That's the part that says, "Hey, be careful of this," right? And that's why, um, you know, it's inbuilt within all of us to look for dangers, and that's why we respond to negative uh, news and and newspapers, right? That's that's why we do it, and so. I think it's important to weed your brain, like do some weeding on your brain. Definitely. And so how, how do you do that? It's like, well, if you fill your brain with amazing soil, with amazing water, and you fill it with great stuff that you are passionate about, guess what? The weeds just don't have a chance to infiltrate. They will always be there, but they won't have a chance to thrive as much if you just fill it. So how I fill my brain is on a daily basis is that if I am walking, if I'm driving, if I'm washing the dishes and, you know, the kids are not around or if I'm walking the dog by myself or if I'm, you know, working on a gym that I don't need to concentrate on or if, um, whatever it is, if I need to even just throw out the garbage, even if it's two minutes, I know this is absolutely insane. I have my <laughs> iPhone and I start pressing play on whatever thing I'm listening to at that moment in time. Yes. So yeah. I've right. been doing that for, I don't know, I would say probably 18 years now. Right, wow. 16, 16, yeah, probably about 16 years now. I've been listening to things always in the car. No matter where I'm going, I'm always, I don't listen to much music anymore. And, uh, and you know, sometimes this music is good, but most of the time I'm listening to something educational, something that empowers me, passionate, whether it be business or, you know, mindset or podcast. And there's no excuses anymore. There's no excuses anymore because you used to have to buy all these things, right? Now it's free. Exactly. It's yeah. free. And um, this is what I think is so amazing is to be able to kind of, um, you know, write, rewrite your story by listening to people who are smarter than you, um, who've done it before, and we have access to them. And they can be your mentors. Just because you don't know you they and you never have any personal contact doesn't mean that they can't be your mentor. No, that can have a very powerful influence. As I said, you've been a great influence. Thank you. Well, I've just, I'm sure that people listening have found this an amazing, life-changing episode with lots of information that they can follow up. But how will people find you? If it, it sounds like your programs are fairly specific to chiropractors, but other than that, obviously inside the champion's mind, or is there any other programs or ways people can find you? Listen, I, I think if, um, you know, for, I, I do, I do mostly business coaching for chiropractors and health practitioners. Um, if you are interested, if you are a health practitioner yourself and want to develop, you know, your business and, and create a better business in, in that sense, um, you can go to driveyourpractice.com. So drive your practice is what I do. That's my business stuff. So, but most of you who are listeners in this, if you want to just hear more of this stuff, um, love you guys to go check out the wellness couch, which is, you know, what carries on it, The wellness couch is basically something that we're brainchild idea that we had between Damien and Brett and I basically just created a show, it's multiple shows of 
various podcasts for different with different people and um on health and wellness and the shows that i'm on specifically are um inside the champion's mind and the wellness guys and um and so obviously you want to you obviously got to listen to this show right that's so, right <laughs> yes uh, you have the Car- psychologist yes yes, yes. <laughs> um so um carries on, on on our program and so i think it's important to you know if you want to get some insights and you have access to to a free come to the wellness summit you know that we held uh, once every year usually in august you know wherever that's going to be just you know come and you know buy a ticket and come say hello um i don't deal with a lot of people in 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 terms of into the public stuff yet you know who knows maybe there is if there's a need then you know i'm happy to kind of create a service for them but um at this moment in time i'm on podcast uh the wellness couch the wellness guys and inside champions mind come listen to us we do a couple things like the wellness breakthroughs and and wellness summits and uh that's how you would find me but if you really want to get in contact with me for whatever reason you can go check out lawrencetam.com that's l-e-u-r-e-n-c-e T-H-A-M, that kind of gives you um, sort of a context and you can guide you to the right places to wherever you want to find me. That's excellent. Well, thank you so much, Lawrence. It's been great talking to you. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, I hope that you have found today's information valuable. I found it awesome. Don't forget to support the show by telling your friends or you can go to our Facebook page, Carrie Thompson Casey, that's Thompson without a P, and like us there and give us your feedback. You can also subscribe to the show in iTunes. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating if you like the show. You can also support us by going to the website, CarrieThompsonCasey.com. Thank you for joining me and see you on the next next episode of The Abnormal Psychologist, where we share real people's stories and give you real ideas so that you can realize your potential. Take care. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.